Coffee with Corey, and we're here talking about Elul. I'm here with my dad, our general manager, and this morning we've been talking about, you know, how it means Jesus, the king, the king of kings, is in the field. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean if he's not on his throne? Why is he in a field? You're talking about him walking with us daily, and it was really cool because last year we went to Israel, yeah. and you get to do a tour where you're literally walking the footsteps of Jesus. Yeah, it's just amazing. And uh, so many of the things and insights you get there are just so profound. I didn't realize that last year when I was teaching on Rosh Hashanah at the Church at War Hill, I taught on some of the really cool things about the Aleph Toph. And then when we were in Israel at at gatherings where Jesus cast out the demons from the pigs, I took that same concept to teach it a little deeper. Uh, to the folks that went to Israel with us, and I never realized that. I never taught it on the air. So I uh, thought this would be a great chance to give you a little journey into, I think, one of the coolest uh, realities there is out there. But let me introduce it by by way of where we're at here. We looked at the month of Nisan, which is Passover, and Elul, which is now. What happened in our world when that second horseman glimpse occurred last about April and then onward from there? And well, the question uh, you would certainly ask is why these horsemen glimpses, why they're riding, why this happens at these certain times. And for the second horseman, why did it happen at Passover and why now at Elul? What, what's the deal with that? And this is what began for me. This journey was talking to God about the calendar and trying to help me understand how this thing goes together. So 2020 is the biblical year 5780. The number 80 in Hebrew, again, is pay. means mouth, speech, breath. The meaning of Hebrew letters comes from the first time they're used in Scripture. And the first use of the letter pay in the Torah is Genesis 4.11 when Cain kills Abel. Now you're cursed because of the ground which has opened its mouth, that's the pay, to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So mouth, pay, is the grave. That's the first use of it. So there's death and curses in a last breath. So kind of knew going into this year that there were going to be some challenges. But who knew to the degree? The Passover is very significant because pay is the first letter of Pesach or Passover. And it's all about death and graves. That's the death and resurrection. So why does this horseman ride again during the month of Elul? What does this month have to do with Passover? So, and, or pay for that matter. Well, think about this. Jesus is the Passover lamb, right? Who hung on a cross and takes our sins upon himself for our salvation. But he's also, according to Revelation, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Well, that foundation occurred during Elul. So we're right back there again. This is the mystery. It's a spiritual side to it. But nonetheless, it's the exact same thing. Elul was when God first determined to create man. To do this, he first creates a world for them to live in, causes himself to be slain for them. So at creation, we find him hovering over the waters, speaking light into being, separating it from darkness and making a separation, doing all these things. And all of this is this pre-activity in the summer month of Elul. The first five days of creation all happened during Elul. When he spoke the universe into being, I told you earlier, we gave you the uh, Hebrew version of that, Bereshit bara Elohim etz, if you use etz, usually it's a silent word, Hashemayim vayet haaretz, which is, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So I put made you a chart, and if you look on the blog, it'd be a little easier for you to understand, but in the chart, uh, reading right to left to Hebrew, you, you'll notice that there's two Hebrew letters together as a standalone word after the name of God, Elohim. 
these are the first and last letters of the alphabet, Aleph and Tav in Hebrew. It's translated as et. There is no English translation. It's used for the word and and things like that. The Aleph Taf combined as a word, though, occurs around 7,000 times in the Old Testament, most often as part of a covenant event where God is directly involved. Aleph Taf is silent, meaning it's not spoken. It's often used in a grammatical way to point to the object of a sentence, like God, Elohim. But mostly, in fact, it's used with the name of God, Yahweh, to indicate the presence of God, specifically to reveal the Messiah. So it's a very special thing, this Aleph Taf. Now, there's very great disagreements between Christians and Jews on this topic of Aleph Taf. So, so first Passover and Elul, creation, are both times Jesus is slain, one physically, one spiritually. And second Passover is all about the true Passover lamb, Jesus, or Yeshua, which means our salvation. And the first breath of creation, which came from the lips of Jesus, was to establish the name and the title that would exclusively identify him as the anointed one, the Christ, who would come and save us from our sins, Aleph the Messiah. So the Jews don't speak the name Yahweh because they believe it's too holy to say. Rabbis don't recognize Aleph as the name of the Messiah, yet they treat Aleph the exact same way, refusing to speak it. <laughs> kind of coincidental? Okay, sure. The Aleph is one of the most important concepts in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's always near the name of God, and it means the strength of the covenant. In Zechariah 2, or 12, And they shall look upon me, Aleph whom they have pierced. When Jesus spoke to his old friend John in Revelation 1 and 22, in the Passion Translation, is translated from Hebrew and Aramaic. It reads, I am the Aleph and the Taf, says the Lord God, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. I am, in the chapter 22 of Revelation, I am the Aleph and the Taf, the first and the last, the beginning and the completion. His name is normally taken from Greek by translators, so Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega. That's just, you know, improper for me, I, I would say. It should be taken from the Hebrew. Interestingly, rabbis call Genesis 1-1 the first menorah. Each word is a candle, and the Aleph Toth, that et between Elohim and the, the rest of the, the verse, is the candle in the middle, which is called the helper, which he used to light the others. Which brings us back to Revelation 1. I turned and saw seven golden lampstands. Among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. And that's, of course, Jesus. Now, here's where it gets interesting with this Aleph Taf. Is it Jesus? Is it the Messiah? Well, consider this. In Genesis, when we're introduced to Jacob and Esau, the Aleph Taf are in front of each of their names because it's a pointing object. They're the object of the sentence. But is there more to it? Because after Esau sells his birthright and blessing to Jacob, the name of Esau is used another 78 times, but the Aleph Taf are never there again. Because his birthright and covenant are gone. The presence of the Aleph Taf is the same with Ruth. The first 10 times her name is used, there is no Aleph Taf. But when Boaz redeems her, guess what shows up? The Aleph Taf is added to the front of her name. When we take communion, when we're literally taking his name as ours and putting our hope in the strength of his covenant, like a Jewish couple at their wedding, sharing a cup of wine and then smashing the cup so no one else could ever enter the covenant. When you drink the wine of communion, you're saying, or when you get saved, you're saying, I do to his proposal. And he's adding the Aleph Toph to your name. Mm. You talk about in Revelation, this name I'm going to give you that no one else knows. Yeah. That's it. He just adds that out of tough. He's adding his own name to your name.
I love that. That as mm. we become a new creation, you have a new identity. Yeah. Like you're saying, he's changing your name, but it's by putting Jesus Christ in you. He wants to put himself in your heart and your spirit and your life. If this is new to you, if you're listening this morning and you go, I want that. I want to have his name. I want a new name. You know, we want to pray with you. We're always here to pray with you. It's 770-781-9150. You can call for prayer or you can message us through victory.radio by clicking the contact link. Amen. You know, no matter how far you fall, no matter how high you rise, what God wants to always remind you is he's already written that name. Mm. And, you know, the one thing you don't want is that just like Jacob and Esau, you don't want that name removed from you. You don't want the yeah. Elamtoff ever removed from your name. Yeah. And so whether you've never had a relationship with him or if you're fallen away, it's that moment to say, God, I want to return. Yes. I want to return. And if uh, you'd like us to pray with you, we'd be glad to. 770-781-9150. 